Mine's good. Come on, Brent. Life's good. Got real close. Got hair high, right? Try and hit two thirds. Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have. Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott alongside. As always, hello, Scott. Sean, I'm here. I got yeah, here. Yeah. Um, pretty excited, you know. Uh had a had a good day today got a massage you ever get a massage uh once or twice not uh not too frequently though yeah i think i should go more because uh oh boy my leg was uh pretty smarting from our game the other night which uh, i'm sure we'll get into later but yeah. uh but yeah no overall good day how about you man good day yeah not too bad not nearly as relaxing as that uh you know doing a lot of stuff things are busy but very excited because uh, not only they're busy here scott busy across the pond as well as the European Championships getting started this Saturday. And who better to talk to than one of our friends from Rocks Across the Pond. Ryan McGee is here. Ryan, how are you? I can think of about 25 different people that it would be better to talk to about the current (laughs) state of European curling than me. Well, let's say this up front. One of the reasons why you are flying solo (laughs) is that your partner... The Professor Appeal is in this event. I know it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm I am so proud of that guy, and I I can't wait to see how they do. Yeah. So uh, Jonathan won, or his team won the English Men's Nationals last. Yeah. Let's not give spring. Jonathan any credit for this. <laughs> I mean, he is he is just the lead. So I mean, come on. <laughs> so he is it's the hardest position in curling now. That's that is true. Uh, so he is there. Uh, in the European B side, they'll be trying to mm-hmm. get promotion to the A side. Ryan, give us a little peek behind the curtain here, because you said on your last episode that you're kind of leaving him alone a little bit, yeah. letting him train, letting him get ready. But what have you heard from him in terms of, if anything, just the prep for this and, and what's gone into it and, and what his his level of anticipation for this week? I mean, I think they're excited because they are taking this – I mean, John, Jonathan and I have fun on our podcast, but trust me, they are taking this serious as a heart attack. They scheduled to try to peak for this event. They've been training. They've been in Scotland practicing. Um, they've got a hell of a coach. So they are, uh, I, I, I hope they're ready. Then yeah, I'm excited for him and I'm, I couldn't be more pumped. I know that this is something that he, you know, he talked about when he first moved out to England and now to see yeah. this kind of coming to fruition for him all these years later. Uh, it's, I mean, it's just so exciting. Very yeah, cool. it's, a, it's a really cool story for sure. So we will get into the B side in a little bit, but because Jonathan is not here, it does present an interesting quandary yeah. <laughs> for us in terms of the annual bad beer bet. So if you haven't been with us for that long, or this is your first time listening to a European preview from us, over the past few years, we've gotten together. Jonathan's come on with me and Scott's gone on with Ryan and we've split it. One of us has done the preview of the men, the other, the women's, and we each make picks for the A and the B side and we make it a bet. So whichever show in aggregate loses has to drink terrible beer either on their show or if we do a year-end sort of hangout on Facebook Live. Without Jonathan this year, we've got to change it up a little bit. So what we're going to do is Scott and I are going to try to come to a consensus on our picks. 
and we'll go up against Ryan two on one, but with one set of picks. But as an addition to that, if Jonathan and Team England make it to the A, if they get promoted out of the B side, he wins overall, and all three of us have to drink terrible beers. So it's a layered bad beer bet. Yeah, and just to be clear, we're not betting with Jonathan. He has no idea that we're doing this. We're just, <laughs> no, this no. is kind of this is just kind of in honor of him. Yes. If they manage to do this, we're gonna we're gonna celebrate by drinking some horrible beer. <laughs> we're we're gonna toast him in the best way yes. possible. <laughs> That's right. Now, if he wins and if they get up to the A side, is he just gonna start big timing us? I, I know he won't big time you, right? But he might big time us and say, I don't have time for you guys anymore. Oh, he'll big time me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it'd be warranted, I guess. He's a oh, yeah. you know major player. So, uh, so let's get into this. Uh, very exciting times for European curling. I was going through the fields last night in getting ready for this. They're pretty stacked on both the men's and the women's side. European curling continues to get better and better. Let's start with the men here because. That's what I have pulled up in front of me. So I've ranked the teams based on tiers that, that I think they fall into. And I think the men's is kind of straightforward. So let's start with the contenders for the men's. And I'm going to start with Team Scotland, Bruce Mowat. They are the defending champions of this event. They went 8-1 and one last year, beating Italy and Switzerland in the playoffs. On the season, they are 23-11. and 11. They lost the quarterfinals of the national this past weekend here in Canada, out east. Uh, lost to Nicholas Adine in the quarterfinals there. They missed the playoffs at the Tour Challenge. And overall on the season, their hammer efficiency is down from where we've seen it in the past, down at point four three. Scott, I think that's a concern for this team, but where do you size them up here as we go into this event? Obviously, one of the one of the top contenders at any event they're going to be at. So I, I'm not really worried about too much about how the season has gone so far. You, you sort of think that they'll uh, strap it in when they get to the, this big one and and definitely be ready for it. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about this team? Is health still an issue for this team? I know was it Hammy that had the the hand injury? Bobby, I think. Bobby had yeah. yeah. Um, I think they're all good I mean, now. I, I, I haven't. I, I don't think anyone's missed any games so far this season. Yeah, I always kind of view them and Nicodine kind of, kind of like the way Tiger would approach uh, tournaments. Like he always made sure that he yeah. was peaking for the majors, and he was very specific in the way that he scheduled himself. And I, I kind of view Sweden and Scotland as kind of the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't take the early part of the season too seriously. Just it's really a tune-up. And for Use these guys... To work on what you need to work on. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. Get ready for the big stuff. And I mean, all that being said, though, going back-to-back is really hard. And, of course, they won the World Championship as well. So they mm-hmm. did the, the double last year. So that's going to be tough for them. And uh, as we'll get to, uh, there is a team that is riding high and riding hot into this event. So, you know, it's, it is a pretty stacked field. So... Uh, my next contender, let's go right to them then. Let's go to the Italians. Joel Ray Turnaz, uh, eight and one last year, winning the bronze medal. They are a scorching 36 and four this season. They won both the Tour Challenge and the National. They are scoring 9.6 
points per game while giving up a tidy 4.8 points per game. I don't know if you're a math major, but that is quite literally double uh, the (laughs) amount of points per game. Their steel defense is 0.07, so they are not giving up anything when they have the hammer. They are absolutely on a roll. It's amazing what having the Olympics in your country and having your Olympic committee commit to you financially can do for a team. Ryan, do you think anyone can stop this train? Well, I mean, yeah, because it's curling. <laughs> um, but I mean, can we just stop and like appreciate how amazing this is? Like even like yeah. forget about like the, the fact that there probably is a little bit of extra money being pumped into the program, knowing that they are in the Olympics. J- just the fact that this team went from being, you know, an anecdote that Russ Howard would tell every world <laughs> to now being a three time Grand Slam champion. Yeah. And being talked about as being like a legitimate world championship contender. And right now, you know, a couple of years out, a medal contender. I mean, absolutely just props to that entire team and that entire program. And, uh, you know, the women aren't far behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to you gotta wonder if uh, going back to Europe might actually be a disadvantage for them, given how <laughs> well they're playing on, on Canadian ice this year, right? But uh, no, they're like absolutely on fire. It's it's insane. These kind of numbers, like you just you just don't see them anywhere, right? You think, oh, maybe this uh, this is like Nicholas Adine playing in his national playdowns, given how yeah. sort of dominant they've been, right? But uh, no, just incredible. Yeah, and and when you think to back to China and, and Beijing in those Olympics. And when Konstantini and Musander won that gold medal, you thought, oh, that's a cool story, but it's mixed doubles. Weird things can happen. It's not the four-person game for them to come through. And in such a, a short amount of time, too, I remember Brad Gushu at the 2022 World Championship, he made a comment that Return As was very excited because they had just qualified for, I think it was the Players' Championship, which was one of, if not their first, mainstream slam they might have played in the tier two before and how returners was excited because yeah he's gotten to play in a bunch of worlds but the slams were more of a reach for him and now they're just showing up and toying with people and just (laughs) just winning them all so uh, it really is not only just a great run but how fast this has happened for them is really incredible yeah because i mean money doesn't solve all your problems i mean the the Chinese teams, they pumped a lot of money into not only sending teams out to Canada in the four years running up to Beijing, but also bringing t- international teams yeah. to China for events there. And, you know, this kind of success did not happen for them. Yeah. No, no. nor, nor, but it, you know, it did make us pay attention to the World Cup for yeah. six months. So, yeah, <laughs> small victories, I guess. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to Nicodine and Team Sweden. They finished fourth place last year, but that was with Oscar Eriksson skipping with Nicodine on the shelf last year with his knee injury. Speaking of Nicodine injuries, he is injured right now. Some sort of a wrist or hand injury this past weekend at the National. He kept rubbing it, and Rasmus Rana was cleaning his stones for him. So something's going on with Nicodine's right wrist. On the season, not what you would expect from them. They are 19 and 11. They have not won an event so far. They did lose the final of the national 
this past weekend. Lost the final of the Shorty Jenkins Spiel to Ross White. Quarterfinals of the Tour Challenge. So they've been in some playoffs, been in some some good moments. But 1911, not what you expect from this team, Scott. No, and uh, really not capitalizing with the hammer to the extent that we've seen them in the past, only they're at 46%. So uh, just not uh, as sharp as you'd expect at the beginning of the season. That said, you know, uh, this is a team that you never really count out. Uh, I wonder if there's any hangover from last year, from that uh, sort of crap out they had at the World Championships, uh, maybe carried over a bit. The injury, always a question with Nicholas Adin. So, yeah, we'll see how that develops early in the week. Uh, I was going to look at their games early in the week just to see how how it shakes out for them. They got uh, maybe a little softer schedule. They Scotland didn't draw two, uh, but the Czech Republic and the Finns around that. Uh, so maybe they're able to get off to a good start and, and ride some momentum. But it's not a team you count out, but they're definitely not playing at their best. Can I just say though, like we we give curling Canada crap sometimes. I think for not getting the greatest schedules, Scotland, Sweden, Sunday morning, like there. Are, I think there are enough North Americans who would watch this game if it was at an hour that, if you put it in the afternoon there, or the evening there. Plus, if it's going to be on whatever in Sweden and Scotland, put it in. Uh, anyway, Ryan, what do you think of these guys? Is this like? I don't know. Did you ever see the musical Damn Yankees where the guy sells his soul so the Washington Senators will win the pennant? And then, like, as he's making the catch to win the pennant, the devil takes him. Like, is that what happened with Nick here? Like, he (laughs) sold his soul to win his Olympic gold, and now the devil is taking him one body part at a time. (laughs) It seems that way. Might be. Might be. Yeah. And it's it's weird because you don't really associate, at least I don't associate injuries with curling that much like not these type of injuries like hip sure knee okay which i know is what last year but a hand injury like that you don't typically associate that with especially a skip come on yeah you're not sweeping right just standing there just standing there come on man well hopefully then it doesn't affect him all that much yeah if rasmus rana has to clean the rocks and that's the biggest thing then great but yeah hopefully he's doing okay and can get some treatment before the event starts Saturday. So let's go to my final contender, and that is Switzerland, skipped by Yannick Schwaller. They went eight and one last year, won the silver medal, losing, of course, to Scotland in the final. Quarterfinals last weekend at the, or excuse me, semifinal last weekend at the National, made the quarterfinals at the Challenge. So they qualified at both slams so far, 21 and 10 on the season. They are giving up just under six points a game, which is a little concerning, I think. They do have a plus 2.1 point differential, so they're scoring over eight a game. But that seems a little high, especially when you compare it to some of those other contenders and how well they play defense. But let's see how they do. Ryan, I think Yannick Schwaller is a guy who I have been skeptical of as ben, as i have with benoit schwartz over the year i feel like you guys on your show are more positive or higher on them than i think i am i mean yannick or yeah yannick schwaller's still like really young <laughs> yeah. yeah he's only what yeah. tw- he's only he's only 28 and he's just now started playing in you know world events because for so long it was to cruise like just give him time man i'm not patient 
<laughs> kind of no one that. is when now and win right away or get yeah. off my tv right yeah. no that obviously <laughs> yeah. really skilled the uh, skilled team uh and when they put it together they're very hard to beat right like we've seen that at a bunch of events so i think that maybe the sum of their parts is more than they are as a team like individually i i expect them to be better as a team just because of how good they are as as throwers but you know more time together more time to gel they they, they could easily win this it wouldn't surprise me yeah. they've got ben Wa, so if you're gonna beat them make them shake don't yeah. let him don't let him have a shot to beat you right. yeah all right, so that is the top four for the contenders for me. Let's move on to the next tier, which I am saying the world championship teams. These are the teams that should really qualify for the world. Should note off the top that eight of these teams will qualify for the world championship. It's either you get into the world championship or you go to B. It's like, you know, second prize is you're fired. So uh, <laughs> it's one of those things. So let's get into our world tier, or my world tier. Start with Norway. Magnus Ramsfeld skipping the team this year. Last year it was Stefan Wallstead. They went four and five. This team is 20 and 13 on the season. They missed the playoffs at the Tour Challenge. They lost the final a couple weeks ago of the Swiss Cup Basel. Uh, so a good showing there to get into the final. Their hammer efficiency is 0.44 on the season. And without the hammer, they're only giving up 1.06 points per end. So that's pretty good. The top teams are usually under one in that category, but it does show that you're getting some steals, some blanks, and not giving up too many multiple ends and certainly not too many big ends of three, fours, and, and plus. So on the defensive side, you got to kind of like that number a little bit. And if they can keep some games close, these guys can make shots. Definitely. Yeah. They're, they're one of these teams that you, you're never surprised when they, when they win games at the worlds, they're, they're just like that good. Um, but they've got quite the opening stretch for, for Norway taking on uh, Scotland and Italy right out the shoot. Pretty tough, pretty tough. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I like that given that's a tough start. Are they going to be able to bounce back from that and basically have to go not perfect, but really can't afford any losses after that uh, tough start. If they, if they catch one of them good enough, but uh, it's going to be tough. I feel like that happens to Norway a lot where they have a really front loaded schedule and you look and they're like one in three and you forget about them. And then the next thing you know, they've won five in a row uh, I think this team's coming. Um, mm. Don't be surprised if they make the playoffs this year. Okay. Maybe a preview to a bold pick here. Uh... Don't know. I doubt that. <laughs> uh, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Let's... I'm, trying, I'm trying not to drink an IPA here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Germany and Sixten Totsik. Three and six last year, just snuck in to the world championship, finishing eighth. Some lineup changes here for this event uh, and for the team in general. Claudius Harsh is out at third. Joshua Suter is in. And you also have a change at lead. Dominic Grendel or Grendel is out. And Jan Lucia Haig is in. Hope I got those right. Uh, this team beat Benny Cap. Uh, who is uh, Benny Cap with Mark Muskowitz uh, at the 
playdowns to get into this event. It was a best out of five series between the two teams. They won in five at the German Euro trials overall on the season, including that event seven and five in tour level events in those 12 games, they have uh, 10 steals. So pretty good defensively. You got to like that for them. If they can get some steals here, keep things clean overall. I like that for them. I like that strategy, but we've seen him get in trouble against the top teams in past events at the Euros and the World Championships. So, Ryan, I don't know. What do you think the strategy should be for Totsik and this somewhat new-look team? Just manage the week and get to Worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, keep it simple is what they're probably going to be hoping for. They've got a soft opening, Finland and the Czechs, and then Turkey after that. So uh, maybe they can build some momentum, get uh, a good feel for the ice. And uh, yeah, like you say, Ryan, they're just trying to get to Worlds this week. All right, another team looking to get back to Worlds. It's Czechia and Lucas Klima, three and six last year. Good for seventh place and a spot in the World Championship. They have also had a lineup change. At the second position, Radic Boak is out. Martin Yurik is in. He was the alternate in 2022. 18 and 10 so far on the season. They won the Prague Classic last weekend. Last year, they had the second fewest number of blank ends in the event in their nine games. Six blank ends total for them. So if you look at the difference in overall scoring for them, they were minus 10 in ends of three plus points. Their overall point differential was minus 11. So when they were keeping it close, tight scores, they were even on the point differential. So you like that for them, but they're also not blanking in. So I've seen these guys play. I like Lucas Klima the few times I've had to talk, had the opportunity to talk to him. But man, oh man, sometimes I just, you want to run out there and say, hitting is okay. You're allowed to hit. <laughs> it's fine. So I think that's where they should go, but that's not his game. That's not what he likes to do. Scott, do you think that they have potentially made a jump in ability that now they've gotten more and more reps at this level that they might be able to sustain that level of strategy, not quite like Jennifer Jones, but in the way Jennifer Jones does? Yeah, it's uh, that. That's it's going to be really tough for anybody that you know if your skill is not the same as the teams you're playing against. Like probably the best way to play is to play defensive, wait for your chances. That said, are, are they still being coached by Craig? Because I, I think that's like the way that Craig would play too is is to mix it up, attack more than say sit back and and play defense. Yeah, that's a good point. That Craig does come from that school a little bit of let's just mix it up because it's boring otherwise, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, Ryan, what do you think of these guys? What do you think of uh, Klima and, and his chances? All right, so to me, this is the most interesting team. It's the team that I'm paying the most attention to coming up, hopefully into Worlds. Because what this is, the stuff counts this year, right? Mm -hmm. So the 2024 yes. Worlds and 2025 Worlds decide who get those seven automatic bids to the Olympics and if you pay attention you know that uh, Czechia uh, the last three last chance Olympic qualifiers has been the 11th team yeah, in the yeah. last three Olympics so is this team finally going to do it are they not going to have to go to that last chance Olympic qualifier or are they 
are they destined to do this for you for uh, four cycles in a row? So I'm very interested to see how they wind up doing this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if for whatever reason they have a bad week and fall out of the A, that's going to be like a crushing blow to it's them. It's doom. Yeah. yeah and, doom. and I, I did, I remember talking to Savile and uh, Klima at the 2022 worlds. So after the Olympics and, they they were disappointed, but they were also really optimistic about the next four years. They felt that they were in a good yeah. place at that point. They had, so they had already kind of gotten over it and were like, all right, let's do this. We're resetting. Let's mm-hmm. go. So yeah, it kind of root for them on that level that here we are, the 2022 Worlds. To be quite honest, nobody was really taking it that seriously, but they were. No. Like, they were like, these are our reps, Arena Ice. These are really good teams. Let's, let's learn from this. And yeah, I think the development for them has been pretty good so far. For sure. All right, my last team in the world's category, and that is Turkey. That is Team Karagaz, four and five last year for a sixth place finish. The lineup is the same. They are five and two on the season. They lost the final of the Prague Classic. Last season at this event, they only had five blanks in the course of their nine games, the lowest in the field, but they gave up seven three-plus ends. That's way too many home run balls, if you will. A 24% hammer efficiency, which is not nearly good enough, and they only had the hammer to start the game twice. So they really need to get better at the last stone draw. That's something that all these lower-ranked teams, I think that's a place for some short-term improvement that really focus on that. Get the last rock first. Put yourself in a better position to start the game. But seven three-plus ends uh, given up is way, way too many over the course of the week. So this is another team that's going to have to clean it up against the top teams and pounce when an opportunity presents itself. Yeah, Sean, did you pronounce the name? One of my favorite things of this is when you pronounce people's names. Yeah, Team Karagaz. Okay. Uh, I think it's Karagash. Karagash, even better. I think. Even, even, even better. It's, uh, That's how Jonathan says it. Karagash, okay. Urjan. I've been listening to a YouTube video of how to pronounce his name for the whole show. So <laughs> if I didn't uh, hear anything, that's why. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm excited for uh, this Team Turkey to, to come out and play. They were a big crowd favorite at the Worlds last year. Uh, a lot of fun for us to follow. Uh, and yeah, I think if they can keep it close, they can hit, be able to uh, limit those mistakes and then capitalize when they have the chance, uh, they're going to have a good week. How about you, Ryan? What do you think? It's a fascinating team and another great story. I think the, mm-hmm. the rise of Turkish curling on both the men's and women's side is another thing that we should celebrate. Um, it's, also, it, it's, it's interesting that you don't see a lot of foreign coaches listed when the Turkish teams go out yeah. and play, they keep a lot of things in house. And I think that, that, uh, I mean, that, that also lends to this being another great story is that you can not only develop your own curlers, you can develop your own coaches. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a good news story for Turkey and maybe a blueprint for uh, developing cur- curling nations to follow. But wait, I thought everyone around the world was good because of the Canadian coaches going around. I'm pretty sure that's that's our biggest problem in this I mean, country, isn't it? <laughs> they've they've had they've had foreign coaches come in previously, but it's been a while since uh, since I've seen that for them. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so let's move on to the final two teams, and these are the two teams that were promoted last year, and I have them in the hoping to stay in a category. Let's start with the B-side champs last year. It is the return of Wooter Mania to the Euro A's, the team from the Netherlands. They went 6-1 and one last year to win the B-side. Bit of a change this season. Jaap Van Dorp is now fully in the second position, and... Lawrence Hockman or Hockman is now in the third position. That is a change from last year in the lineup in this event, 20 and 21 on the season, tons of points in their games, almost 15 points a game in total. They went 0 for 4 at the tour challenge. They were outscored 22 or excuse me. They were outscored 26 to 14 in those games. And they did not qualify at the Swiss cup, which was their other biggest event of the season. Ryan, do you think Wooter and his mania has a chance? Uh, to do what? Stay. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Um, this team th- this team is interesting because they're starting to cycle in the younger players. Um, mm-hmm. So you're starting to see kind of the second generation of, of Dutch curlers come in and get playing time for the, the national team, which is a sign that a developing nation is going to be staying. Uh, so yeah, it'll s- interesting to see what their result winds up being this week. Yeah. And you wonder if, uh, what they've been learning, they've, se- they seem to have been playing a lot more the past couple of years, uh, going out and, and playing in bigger events. And so what, what are they learning that's going to help them at this event? You know, they finished like eighth, ninth, 10th at Euros the last few times they've been there is are they going to take that step forward this year? We'll see. I mean, the last time Wooter was at the Worlds, I remember there was he had so many chances and they were in so many ends and then just one shot here and there and then they gave up four. And like yeah. it, so they are really close and I think closer than say the 2021 record would indicate or the point differential would indicate. It's it's really on the margins and that's partly because he plays that aggressive lot of rocks in play strategy where one shot or even a half shot can lead to a multiple or a three under also shout out uh also great for someone from another podcast to come on a different podcast and mention a third podcast but uh, check <laughs> out bill, uh, bill Sherhart, um a pain in the glass he just interviewed their coach uh shari liebrandt um, so if you want kind of behind the scenes on dutch curling and how this has all happened uh go check out that interview all right, and the final team in the A side, it is Finland. It is Kali Kiskinen. Silver medal last year, 6-1 and one through the round. Robin, lineup change here at the second position. Leo Uni is in. They are 8-7 and seven so far on the season, 3-2 and two at that Prague event. In 2022, in that final, they were down. They were down 5-0. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, because they lost. Sorry. They were down 5 nothing. gave up a 2, steal a 2, steal of 1 to get down 5 nothing in that game. So that's one of those things where you look at, again, a team that might not be as talented shot-making-wise as the top teams. You can't put yourself in those positions. The top teams are way too good defensively. Keep it simple. Keep it open. Scott, this is our strategy on the uh, very regular occurrence where we're playing people who are better than us. 
if you keep it simple, we can make the simple shots just as easily as they can, you hope. That's the plan, right? That's always the plan. But uh, yeah, you just sort of don't want to dig yourself into too big of a hole. That said, if you see an opportunity early, maybe you go for something early. If it doesn't work out, then dial it back. But uh, yeah, no, I think uh, that's what this team will be doing. And that's their goal for the week is staying up in the A division. The only thing I have for you on this team is Leo was an interesting follow when I used to spend time on Elon's idiot box. Okay. What, why, what was he posting? He just always guys, uh, you know, interesting perspective, interesting opinions on the state of curling. Okay. Huh. All right. So maybe he has a blue sky or something, uh, <laughs> something better. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's, uh, the 10 teams on the men's a side, Let's get into the picks for the men's A side before we talk about the B. So the way our bet is going to work this year, as I said, Scott and I have to come to a consensus. The rules are for the A, pick three podium teams, including a winner. If your winner is correct, you get an extra point, one point for the podium teams being on the podium. And then you got to pick your two relegation teams for the points. So one point if you are correct. On each. Scott, let's go yeah. first. We'll give Ryan the advantage on this. Uh, I think it's an advantage potentially to go second. Scott, who do you like here? I can't not like Joel Return as the way that they're playing. Yep. Um, so he, he's definitely a podium pick for me. Whether we go with him as a winner, I don't, you know, I could be swayed either way. Bruce Mallett always. Yeah. And then that third one. Yeah, the third spot's tough. I, I don't know if we want Sweden with Nicholas Ledeen with a broken hand. If we zag on this, pick Switzerland. What what are you thinking? I, I think let's just go with Sweden. I To see Nicholas Ledeen miss the podium two years in a row, that seems like a stretch to me, even if he is a little right. injured this year. And I, again, he didn't play last year, but to see them as a team, Sweden off the podium. Plus Anna Hasselberg also missed the the podium. I think she, if not the playoffs last year. So like Sweden's going to do better this year. I, I feel confident in that, even though Anna Hasselberg is not even there. But I, I see a Sweden renaissance at the the Euros. So let's go with Sweden. And uh, what do you think? Just a, an object in motion stays in motion. Yeah, yeah. Some some number of physics law, whatever it yeah. is. I'm a scientist. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, and I kind of just, uh, I think Finland, and I don't know. I'm okay with saying Wooters down, but what do you think? I feel like it's too easy, right? Like, it's too easy to say, oh, the teams that came up are going back down. Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't know if it's between, like, maybe the Czechs or the Turks. Yeah. I don't really want to see either of them go down. I mean, maybe uh, even Germany. I mean, he went six and three and six last year. Yeah, you know what? Let's go Germany and then Netherlands to go down. Or do oh, you wait, like we're Finland keeping better? we're keeping Finland. You like you like uh, Wooter to stay over Finland? I think I do. Yeah. Okay, Germany and Finland to go down then. Okay. All right. So those are our five picks, Ryan. What do you got in the men's A side? All right on the podium. Uh, give me Italy. Scotland and Switzerland with Switzerland to win. And then going down, I have Finland and Turkey. Finland and Turkey. All right. So those are our picks on the A side. Let's talk about the B side. 16 teams in the men's B. 
fewer in the women's side. I, I honestly have no idea how they figure this out and why it's, but it is what it is. So there's 16 teams in the men's B. Let's just run through them all really quick. It is Austria, Belgium, Denmark, England, Estonia, France, Hungary, Ireland, Latvia, Portugal, Slovakia, Spain, and Wales. Those are the teams that are in there from last season. The promotions from the seaside are Liechtenstein, Poland, and the seaside winners from last season. It's Ukraine, one of the coolest stories in the sport last year. So those are the 16 teams. Ryan, are any of those teams really interesting to you, anyone that you are particularly watching? Well, yeah, of course, Denmark. I mean, yeah. it seems like there's always one team in the B that you fully expect to just run the table and just have fun on their way back to the A. Uh, Denmark seems to be that team this year. The interesting thing to me is the way that the groups got split up, and it's very similar to the way that we see um, the way that we see the the Briar and the Scotties uh, groups get split split up when they're area A and B, and there's always someone saying, "Oh, this is the group of death because these three teams are really really good." If you look at it in Group A, there's three four teams that are really really good, but you look at Group B, and it's like, okay, five or six of these teams could make the playoffs, and I feel like it's right. that way um, in the Briar and the Scotties too. And it's like, okay, well, what do you consider to be a group of death? A team, um, a group where you can almost put in and pin what three teams you think are going to make the playoffs or a group where um, anyone could make the playoffs. And to me, it's all a matter of perspective. If you're, if you're in the group that has the three teams that are probably going to make the playoffs, you probably think, Oh, we're in the group of death. But if you're in, if you're in the other group and you're like, man, every single one of these games is going to be a beat down. um, You probably think, Oh, we're in the group of death. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the interesting thing to me. Uh, group A, Estonia with a little bit of a different lineup than what we're used to seeing. Uh, Denmark and Latvia, those are three really, really good teams. Poland, like, watch out for them. Like, they're 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 back. You know, they're they're a they're a legal <laughs> governing body again. <laughs> they were always solid, and we didn't really hear anything about them because like, they didn't compete for like four years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so interested to see how that team does. I think they're pretty solid. It's just again, you've got Denmark, Estonia, and Latvia in that group. Group B, which is where uh, our friends at Team Retchless are in. Man, that is a that is a loaded group um, but you fully you fully expect Denmark to make it um, if you're in group B if you're in that group that Denmark is not in you either want to finish first or third because if yeah. you finish second you're gonna have to beat Denmark to make it into the A's yeah that's a good point yeah you definitely don't want that Denmark game in the semifinal like you you want to see them later on for sure Scott what are you thinking on the B side is, is there anyone else you're got an eye on here yeah, so like looking at Group B, I got my eye on Spain as a possible contender. Um, maybe Wales. Slovakia. Yeah, Wales. Wales. Wales is, I mean, Wales came out of like, I don't want to say nowhere, but they had a really solid campaign last year. Kind of surprising to me, but I don't like, it did not surprise Jonathan at all that that Wales, that that Welsh team was as good as they were last year. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's sort of what I'm seeing there. I agree on Denmark, Estonia. And Latvia, and of course Team Retchless, and then yeah, Team Team Retchless. The like you say, I think like yeah, Group B. There, 
there's a lot of teams that I could see coming into the top three. Who's going to get promoted? Uh, I think we're both agreed on Denmark uh, as one. And would I take Estonia or Latvia over a team in Group B? Maybe. But uh, Spain is the one that's jumping off the page for me right now. All right, so we'll, yeah, I think Spain is a team that I was looking at too. Sort of what what do they do after last season, and and what happened for them with the getting relegated? How how can they bounce back? They have good performances in some of the other disciplines. So Spain's a really interesting side, and I mentioned at the top, how does the Ukrainian side? How do they do in this event mm-hmm. with the step up, first time getting to that level? I think that's going to be a really interesting and a fun story to keep track of over the course of the week. Not going to pick them. You don't have an expectation that they're going to make it through, but just a, a really cool story to watch. So we have Denmark and Spain, a little chalky there. Ryan, who do you like on the B side? Man, well, Denmark, obviously, I think you can almost put, it would be, I would be stunned if yeah. they did not make it back to the A. Uh, yeah. I mean, you look at the, all right, the skip for Denmark is the only player in the B with a Wikipedia page. So that's, <laughs> Uh, and then uh, the other team you know it's interesting because I've seen I've I've watched Jonathan and Team Retchless play Martin Struxons from Latvia a decent amount they've gone to Riga and and played them a few times so like if it winds up being head to head England versus Latvia for a a spot in the A's, that's going to be a really good game because watching those two teams play, it's always been a good game. I want want Jonathan and Rob and Joe to listen to this and get mad. Felix, you don't matter because you're not going to play. But I want them to listen to this and get angry because I am taking Denmark and Poland. Denmark and Poland. All right. So I like it. There you have it, our picks on the men's side. Of course, we still have the women's side to discuss, and we will do that, uh, but we're going to take a quick break. Scott. Yes. What do we use to record this fine audio program? Well, Sean, we always use Zencaster, my favorite podcast recording platform. Yeah, me too. I really like Zencaster. We started using it a few years ago. I think start of the pandemic. Actually, Ryan uh, from Rocks Across the Bond turned us on to Zencaster because we were using Skype and recording on Skype, which presented editing issues because you get the whole Skype call, not just what you want to record, what you want to have on your show. The audio is not as good because with Zencaster, you're getting the input from each person, whereas on a like a Skype record, you're getting the the one person side of it. So it didn't always sound great. So we love Zencaster. We've been using it for years. It gives us the video when we've done video, it gives us the audio, really good quality, really easy to edit, it gives you post-production quality as well. Scott, by far the best recording stuff that we have used. And that's the truth. Yes. So we are part of the Zencaster family of shows and stuff. And we're very excited to invite you to try out Zencaster if you want to start your own show. Zencaster.com slash pricing. And you can use our promo code to get a 30% discount from your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. Scott, 
our offer code might surprise you. It's what's old is news, all one word. This is a joint deal because I also have the history podcast that is called What's Old is News. I use Zencaster for that show as well. And if you go back and listen to some of my early episodes, like early, early episodes, like 2013, 14 range, you can really tell the difference that Zencaster has made in the overall quality. So again, Zencaster.com slash pricing, use what's old is news in the offer code 30% off any paid Zencaster plan. Again, Zencaster.com slash pricing. What's old is news if you want to sound great on your own show. I'm heading there now, Sean. All right, and we are back. Let's get into the women's side of the 2023 European Curling Championship. I have, similarly to the men, broken the women's field for the A-side into tiers. And let's start with the top tier, which is populated. All right, but there's all right. Let's be clear here. <laughs> there are two tiers. Yeah. In this event, there is there's team tier and Zoni, and then there's yeah. nine teams that are pretty much even. Like that, those are your tiers here. <laughs> well, okay. So I was going to say, yeah, like the top tier is populated by one team. Uh, and yes, it is Sylvana Tiranzoni and Switzerland. Silver medalist last year going six and three. Of course, new front end this season with Selena Witchchonk and Carol Howold in this team uh, with the big lineup change. Hasn't really messed them up too much. 31 and seven on the season. They have made the quarterfinal and the semifinals of the two slams so far this year. Won the Stu Cells in Halifax, as well as the Shorty Jenkins. Hammer efficiency at 0.47. Steel efficiency at 0.30. Those are both pretty good numbers. You'd like to see the hammer number a little higher for them. They're typically above 50% in a lot of their events, but they're scoring just under nine points a game. Ryan, you mentioned it. It's kind of them and anybody else. So if they don't win... How surprised will you be? All right, so not that surprised because they usually have it geared up for Worlds. I don't think that they've won Euros all that often. I think that they more just like plan to win Worlds. (laughs) (laughs) And that's all they do. That's just what, that's their move. Yeah, that's... uh, it's what they're known for, uh, winning worlds. With this field, though, they're, they're hey, like yeah, she, yeah. Sil- Silvana has not won a Euros. I, I gotta think that they're uh, easily in the catbird seat for this one, guys. Uh, <laughs> much better than, uh, better resume, I'd say, than everybody else uh, on the field. Apologies in advance to Madeleine and Dupont, but uh... <laughs> is she playing? Well, let's get into that team. Let's talk about Denmark because the next tier is everybody else. And we're going to start with the defending champions from Denmark. And uh, Madeleine DuPont is not playing in this event. She is not listed okay. on the roster for Team Denmark. It really? is her she team, is, right, though. She is on the World Curling Federation. She, side. Yeah, it's, it's it's weird. Like, World Curling Federation has her and Wikipedia does not. Like, I would trust World Curling Federation, honestly. Well, I'm going on the press release that World Curling sent that oh, well, did not have her listed. Oh, well, then they need to update their website. So yeah. so according to the press release that went out, 
It is uh, Matilda Halls or Halsey, okay. uh, who is going to be Halsa. Halsa, who is skipping but throwing Halsa. the third stone. Jasmine Lander is going to be throwing the fourth stone for the defending champs. Madalena Dupont did play at the Tour Challenge Tier 2, where this team won the silver medal. Matilda didn't play in that event. So a little bit of uncertainty going into it, apparently, uh, with conflicting information on the World Curling Federation website, (laughs) yet again confirming our belief that it's the worst curling site in the sport. (laughs) There's a few Yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right, so what is the difference then for this team, Scott, for you? as a very well-known Madalena DuPont hater uh, if she plays or if she does not play. Well, Sean, I came into this podcast all set to be like, you know what? This is the year I'm going to do it. I'm going to throw my support behind Team Denmark. And now, boy, I don't know. I think it's a huge step down, no? Yeah, yeah. She's really good. Yeah, Matilda's good, y'all. So I remember... It was a, a couple of years ago. Madalena again did not play, um, and Matilda went out there and I think made playoffs of Euros. Like everyone was expecting, myself included, expecting Denmark to go down to the bees, and Matilda not only played well but made playoffs. Hmm. I mean, yeah, maybe I'm misremembering look, that. But looking at the field, I I could see it happening for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think for them, and when you look at sort of the strategy that they've taken as a team, like last year, they just crushed people. They outscored. Their their scoring differential was 100 to 49 in this yeah. event. They just crushed people. Coming into this, they went one and three at the Danish Open a couple of weeks ago, only 15 and 13 on the season. But for them, aggressive works. They steal at a point three rate. So 30% of the time, like they are really playing very aggressive ends. And for them, if they can pull it off, make those shots towards the end of the end, it works. So I'm all in for this. I like them mostly because Scott, you hate them. So it's kind of fun when they win and uh, they are the defending champs. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. So who is next, Sean? Next, let's go to Sweden. And Anna Hasselberg not playing in this event. It is your 2022 Swedish champions. That is Isabella Rana. Hasselberg went five and four last year, missing the playoffs. This is Rana's first appearance at the Euros. They are the 2023 Players Champion winners. Quarterfinals this past weekend at the National did not qualify at the Challenge. Third at the Oslo Cup. And their hammer efficiency, this is going to be their main stat, I think, for them to improve if they want to have a really good week here. All the way down at 0.34 on their hammer efficiency. Going to have to get better at that, especially in this field where you could probably take advantage of a couple of these teams with a lot of rocks in play. So you're going to want to see that number around 45 to 50% for them to have success. But Ryan, do you think this is the start of the changing of the guard for Swedish curling, giving Rana this platform? Of course she won it, but getting her onto the stage. I mean, that's all. That's, that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about all that, um, but this is like, this is a really good team. They've been really good for a while. This has been coming. Um, is it going to be a changing of the guard? I wouldn't go 
that far, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they wound up winning this thing. Yeah, they could be Terranzoni in a game, right? Like in a semifinal oh, yeah. or a final. That's not out of the realm of possibility for sure. And I mean, we talked about Yannick Schwaller being only 28. Isabella Rand is only 26. Yeah. You know, it feels yeah. like she's been around a lot more, but uh, still very, very so, young. It just everyone calm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Hasselberg has to win a world championship. I have to get one of the bold predictions right at some point. <laughs> that has to prove to be right uh, before we could move on uh, to a new Swedish national team. But uh, yeah, so it'll be fun to see Isabella Rana there. And again, the depth of some of these countries. This is a relatively new development in the international game where you do have countries now that have depth and can send multiple teams, different teams to these events and be competitive over the course of various seasons. So uh, very exciting to see them there. And let's move on to Scotland. Rebecca Morrison, five and four last season, bronze medal. They lost to Denmark in the semifinal, beat Italy in that bronze medal game, 24 and 13 on the season. They have a 0.61 force efficiency and a 0.28 steel efficiency. I very, very much like that because they're only giving up 0.91 points per end when they don't have the hammer. Uh, without the hammer, they're also scoring 0.44 points per end. So their net, when the other team has the hammer, their net difference is only 0.47 points. That is, I think, very, very good. And when they have the hammer, it's double that. So Scott, I look at those two numbers and, and say, really good defensively by not giving up points, but also good at getting steals. So they're somehow setting up ends in a way that they're not risking big ends a lot, but getting points on their own while also playing somewhat conservatively with the hammer. And that's, I think, a, a format or a strategy that's going to play really well this week. I think so, yeah. They, they. Uh, I wonder too, though, about the quality of their competition, looking at those, uh, the events that they've played in. Um, last season at the Worlds, very disappointing, right? Three and nine record for them. Uh, after having to leave the event the year before due to COVID. So uh, we haven't been able to see them do this on the bigger stages yet, uh, which leaves me a bit skeptical. What do you think, Ryan? I think this team's building. Um, Jonathan is really high on Gina Aitken, their third. He thinks mm -hmm. that she's just an outstanding curler. You know, he gets to be up there in Scotland and, and see a lot of these players practice and play a lot. He's really high on her. Um, you know, this team has... You know, with Jennifer Dodds, they 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 have some veteran leadership on there. I think this team will. By the time we get to twenty twenty six, this team will be right up there. All right, let's uh, head to Norway. Kristen Skaslian and her team, four and five last year, finished in eighth place. That did get them into the World Championships, though. So we'll see how they do this year. Seventeen and eleven on the season. Force percentage at fifty percent. They are scoring 1.47 more points per game than their opponents, which you do like to see, but they're doing it without good peripheral numbers. Very low hammer efficiency, very high force efficiency. So they're playing really tight games, low scoring games, a total of 13 points total per game in the games they're playing. The big difference for them last year in terms of the scoring is that they gave up four, four plus ends against in their games uh, so those five losses, you see those big ends. That was a net 
of negative seven points. And that was really the difference for them in terms of scoring over the course of the week. So if they can continue that tight game, easy-ish shot strategy, I like that for them because it has worked in the past and worked so far this season. Ryan, I know it's a boring strategy, but do you think Kristen Skazlian has a chance here? This team always kind of like man. I talked about managing the week um, with the with the men. This team always kind of is good at at managing the week and getting to where they need to be. Um, and then usually it's going to I mean it may come down to LSD to see which team makes it into the playoffs. Um, I don't expect them to go down. I expect them to be closer toward a playoff berth than than toward relegation. Yeah, and they've got their uh, softer part of the schedule at the beginning of the week. So if they can build that uh, cushion in the standings and then just sort of maintain uh, from there on out, yeah, we should see them in playoff contention. All right, another team we should expect in playoff contention. That is the Italians. Stefania Constantini, 6-3 and three last year, fourth place in this event. Played a bunch of games so far this season, 30-14. and 14 on the season made the quarterfinals at the two slams so far semifinals at that stew cells halifax event their hammer efficiency so far is 0.36 on the season 38 percent at this event last year they have a lot of stones in play this is kind of the opposite of skazlian in their nine games or nine round robin games 11 games total last year they had 28 ends that had a steal. 17 were for, 11 were against. That's the second most in the field. But they also were the best at the last stone draw to start the game. They had the hammer eight times to start the game through the round robin. So you really got to like that for them when they're starting from that pole position and playing a style, Scott, that based on the numbers, at least a lot of other teams in the field don't want to play. So they, they can force them into messier ends, more congested play with some of these teams that we're seeing that seem to like it a little clearer. It could be good news for them. Yeah, it could be good news for them. And they're quite skilled at making those kinds of shots. So uh, making it into uh, the top six at the Worlds last year was a big step for them. Uh, and I expect them to continue that uh, progress this week. Yeah. And and Ryan, you mentioned that the men's and the women's program for the Italians are certainly on the rise. I do think the women are a little further behind the men in the in where they stack up on the global stage, but obviously a very impressive team. And do you think that this is a, a team that when we get to 2026, when we consider Italian curling, that they will be an equal threat to the men, which I don't think they are quite yet. Well, yeah, just because, I mean, like on the women's side, it really is any given week. Like you're going to like, it's like which five and four team is going to be the one that, that sneaks into the playoffs, right? right? Like it is, it is, it is a, a series of root canals playing (laughs) against this, again, playing against a field that is this quality top to bottom. And it's just who manages the root canals and who comes out on the right end of the tiebreakers. Yeah. Do you who beats the right combination of teams to not have it go to last stone draw, or who has the best last stone draw? Right. Yeah, and we certainly saw that last year here on the women's yeah. side. So yeah, the, so, it's yeah. So you say so you say not as high up there compared to the men, but I, I'd kind of push back against that and say like really any given week it could be. 
eight different teams that winds yeah. up um, in a top four situation, either at Euros or at Worlds. Yeah, and you really just have to time it right and uh, not to you know be too dismissive, but essentially schuster it and get right <laughs> at the hot at the hot at the right time and uh, push yourself to uh, to get that signature moment, signature event. Hey, hey, for for five days he was the best curler in the world. Absolutely, he picked the, right, he picked the right five days. He sure did. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's see if somebody else can pick five days to be the best <laughs> in the world, and see if Chechia and Anna Kubiskova making her return to the A side this season, silver medal at the B side last year for Chechia. Some lineup changes here at the third and the lead position you got uh, Aneta muller jeez i'm so bad at these mullerova is in at third clara don't even try man svetonova thank you svetonova is in at the lead position uh she's played in this event before back in 2022 uh also sorry uh the second michaela is in uh she's the new lineup uh, a new addition to the team here as well 17 Bodashova. Bodashova, thank you so uh, 17 and 14 on the season they like stefania constantini like stuff in play they have an average of 16 points per game in their game so total score so bet the over yeah. on these games and uh, see what they can do did not qualify at the prague classic so I haven't had any real great results so far this year, but Ryan Kubiskova has got yeah. experience, so you can't count them out. The only the only thing I know is when the S has the weird V over it, it's a shh. Okay, <laughs> that's all. It that's all I've learned. <laughs> <laughs> um, weird teams. I the year that they went down wasn't on a on mat leave. Yeah, I don't think she played that mm-hmm. year. Yeah, no. So yeah, I mean, weird team. Weeks where they're really good, weeks where they're really not. They're very hot and cold. Um, so yeah, they they're I think that they are a um they're a candidate to go back down to the B, but I mean they're also a candidate to make the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. As you were saying, right? Like anybody can can pop in and, and make the playoffs here. Scott, do you think they're going to do it? Yeah, this is this is like the the one team that I have no idea, right? Like they definitely could finish in second place and they definitely could finish last. Like <laughs> yeah. it like I'm done trying to predict them. So, put it in the random number generator and see what you get. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on then to Estonia, seventh appearance for Mary Kaldvi and her team. They are the gold medal list from the B side in 2023. They're 10 and 9 on the season, won the Matchtown Trophy event in Yonkapin. They did not qualify at the Tallinn Ladies International Challenger a couple of weeks ago. That's their last event coming into the European Championship. They're giving up seven points against per game so far on the season. Uh, their only appearance at a world championship was that one in 12 back in 2021. So a team that has some experience, but not a lot of success at the international level, but we have seen called V make a bunch of shots. So again, if this is a situation where she's left with one, she has a chance to make it. I'm not super optimistic at their chances to stay, but 
Is anybody on the panel more optimistic than me? I yield my time. <laughs> I mean, I'm, opt- I'm, opt- I'm optimistic about their chances to stay. I think that it's going to, I mean, it, it's going to be really close. Like I said, with, you know, it, it beating the right combination of teams to get into the playoffs, it's the same thing to avoid relegation here. It's about beating the right combination of teams and having the right, um, the right tiebreakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't think, I don't think you're going to see a team get shut out here. I think you're, you're going to see a team that has maybe two wins wind up heading down to the B. Yeah. Based on how they're all kind of bunched together or going like our expectation of sort of the, the level across the teams. I, I do think that for as much as it is everybody else, Scotland, Sweden, you would think that they should have an advantage. Italy, maybe Norway as well. And so, so I don't think you could still kind of tear it, it up a little two. bit. I'll put it to you two among the teams that you kind of mentioned first as being like the top half, which one do you think might go down? If like a team that we consider to be a, a contender, like, is there one that you like wouldn't be for, stunned if they went down to the B for me, it'd be Scotland. Yeah. I, I would put Scotland in there too. And, and honestly, if Madeleine DuPont doesn't play, Denmark could go champion to relegated. That would be something. I, don't, I think Matilda's too good to do that. Yeah, I think so too. But I think Scotland, just because the results of what we've seen at the Worlds kind of tempers it a little bit. And last year with the five and four, as you say, everybody kind of clustered together. Could have gone the wrong way for them last year. So yeah, we'll have to see. All right, uh, two teams left on the women's A side. Let's go to Turkey, Dilsat, Yildiz. And her team, five and four for a fifth place finish last year. You do have a change at the lead position. Eight and six so far on the season. They lost the final of the Tallinn International Challenger. They are scoring, though, in those 14 games. 9.6 points, four per game. Only six blanks last year. Five of them were four. So only one blank when the other team had the hammer in their nine games last year. So that's a sign of rocks in play. She's playing aggressive without the hammer. So overall, when you look at their multiples, they were doing very well last year. They scored 16 multiples and gave up 17 multiples last year. So they're playing aggressive. I like that. They scored a ton of threes last year. So when you look at overall scoring statistics, they can push the envelope. We've seen Dilsat for a few years. She can play. The concern has always been, can the rest of her team play at a high enough level? Feels like it's starting to get to that point where she doesn't have to make miracle shots every end, maybe just every third or fourth end. So that is an improvement. Scott, do you think they can replicate an above 500 performance? Yeah, I definitely think they can. Uh, Also six and six at the world's last year, like pretty good. Uh, I think they, they beat Japan. uh, They beat Denmark, beat Scotland. So this team can hang uh, with anyone and I'd have them closer to the top of the field than to the bottom. Yeah, deal shot's been on a pretty steady rise. I mean, progress is not linear, so you don't know if you know they're you know you're you're a few bad shots away from getting relegated in an, in a field this deep. But um, it would it would be pretty cool to see them make the playoffs. Yeah, 
All right, and bringing us home for the women's A side, it is Germany changing to the guard in Germany. Daniela Jensch is out. She is retired from competitive curling. So it is Amira Abes. Yeah. Go with that. <laughs> uh, is in. She was the third for Team Jensch last season, where they went five and four, finishing in seventh place. It is her sixth time at the Euros, first, of course. As a skip, Lena Cap is in at the third position, and uh, she was the spare back in 2022. So when you look back at uh, the events uh, for this team where Amira was playing, was, was in the house, they've done pretty good. Third best force efficiency last year, 58%, only gave up 13 multiples against in the nine games they had 21 four so you really like that they had 15 steals for only eight against so you kind of like those peripherals for last year and that five and four because everyone was clustered together that could have easily been a six and three got them into the playoffs 12 and 18 so far on the season missed the playoffs at the danish open two events in canada so far this season the autumn gold and the curling stadium three and five did not qualify at either of those events but i think there's a a chance here for them but with amira skipping for the first time you gotta kind of wonder what that's going to mean for her and the team so ryan is this a potential relegation squad I mean, they they all are. <laughs> um, uh, this is the, I mean, this is a wild card team. This team got real young, real quick uh, with those retirements. But is it going to be a situation like, a, do you have like a Tabitha Peterson situation where someone gets in right. there and decides, you know, I really like this skipping thing, and then the next thing you know, they're winning, winning, winning. Could be, yeah, yeah. This, I, <clears throat> like you say, it's a real wild card because uh, we don't know how how they're going to take to the the new positions and and such but uh i i not feel very comfortable uh picking them for the playoffs so to speak uh right out of the shoot all right so those are our 10 teams on the women's a side ryan we went first on the men so we will give you the honor if you'd like it for the women's side uh, so who do you like on the a for your podium and your relegation uh, podium, give me Switzerland, Italy, Sweden, with Sweden winning. Okay. Ran with the win. And for relegation, give me Estonia and Germany. Estonia and Germany. All right, Scott, for us, I think uh, just ride the hot hand of uh, Tiranzoni to win. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. We're creative. Yep. If yeah, he's no. going to give it to us, uh, you know, we got to take that, maybe score that extra point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I like, for as much as I said, yeah, we, if Madeleine DuPont's not playing, Denmark could go down. I, I kind of like Denmark to ride the wave, defending champs, kind of do a Raptors thing where the Raptors won. Everyone's like, well, they're not going to be any good anymore. And they had a really good title defense. So I kind of like that. Yeah, I like that too. Uh, I'm never going to pick Denmark if it's not the two of us together. So let's do it. <laughs> and uh, who's your third squad? You know, I I, I really like Norway here. Okay. Um, 
I don't know, maybe it's just because I saw them last year here in Ottawa, but uh, uh, that's where I'm leaning. Okay, I'm good with that. I I, I feel like I pick Kristen Skazley in a lot to win things and uh, or make podiums and stuff, and she never really does. But let's go with it. Uh, let's take a chance on that. And uh, for relegation, I, I do like Germany to go down, to be honest. Uh, do you want to pull the upset and go Scotland as well? Yeah, what the hell? Right. It's no fun if we're the same, right? Yeah, so we'll go with Scotland and Germany, and I'm going to geo-block this episode uh, from Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on the B side, to. yeah, that's right. Well, I'll make sure to post. I'm going to make sure to post this on Scottish curling banter <laughs> on uh, Facebook. <laughs> Please do. All right, on the B side, there are ten teams in the field for the. Some B- of those guys might agree with you, though. Yeah, that, yeah. From what I gather, it's not the most uh, positive uh, Facebook group for the home squad. You could say that. Yeah. So, uh, so here we go. Let's go to the B side and ten teams. You got Austria, Belgium, England, Finland, Hungary, Latvia, Lithuania, Slovenia, and then your two promotions from last year: Poland as the seaside winner and Slovakia is also up. So those are your 10 teams on the B side. Again, Ryan, who stands out to you out of those 10 teams and who makes for the most interesting stories? So who stands out to me is Latvia. This is a younger team. This is not, um, this is not the team that you're probably used to seeing um, on the world stage. And it's not the team that got relegated last year. It is Evelina Baroni's uh, team. They, um, they were a very good junior team. Um, she aged out. Uh, and now she's skipping Latvia here at the Euro Bees. Uh, Virginia Palanchketa, uh with Lithuania. Um, they're an interesting team. They've been around a while. Veteran team. Uh, Poland, another great story. Again, they're you know they're back. <laughs> uh, so you know what you know what have they been doing while they've been um, away from the eye of the world? Uh, you know, are they going to be able to? Um, to make it all the way back to the A's. Um, and then Scott, I want to hear you pronounce the Hungarian team's names. <laughs> Scott can. Uh, Scott. No, that's why, language. that's why yeah. I, that's why I didn't say you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like so, I know you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking at the skip here. It's uh Kalichai Van Dorp. And I'm wondering, is this uh I think they're married. I think yeah. they are. Yeah. Laura Neuge, uh, Orosolia dot Cheos, Cheos, uh, and Linda Yu from Hungary. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you, Ryan. That I think Lithuania to me is the team that I want to see the most uh, out of this event. Latvia, again, uh, with the young skip, going to be a good story. An, an old friend I used to curl with in Montreal, Hannah Augustine, is the skip of Austria. Uh, so I always root for them. But uh, I think Latvia, Lithuania are sort of yep. the two contenders I see. Yeah, England's always an interesting one. They're always like yeah. right there. Uh, Lisa yeah. Farnell has been the skip of that team a few times, and they've been like the last team uh, eliminated and sent back to the B. Uh, mm-hmm a few times um, without getting promoted to the A. Uh, she's the alternate this year, Anna Fowler, who uh, with her brother, Ben, um, you, people may have heard them on the mixed doubles tour, but Anna is 
skipping that team. Um, so they, I mean, that's a team that I've heard of. So I think that they've got a, a fighting chance to, to make it in. Um, Finland's always interesting, and this is a very new team. I don't recognize any of the names on that lineup, but Finland, it seems like, is always like right there to get promoted. Yeah, yeah, they are. So on the men's side, we thought there was a clear team that was definitely going to go up and then some debate around it. On the women's side, it feels a lot more open to me for the two spots. So I think it's a little more interesting on the women's B side because those two spots in theory are open, whereas on the men's side, you kind of think one is accounted for. So Ryan, you're up again. Who do you like to get through and be on the A side next year? All right, I've got one Baltic country going down in Estonia, and I'm going to take the other two Baltic countries to go up with Latvia and Lithuania. Okay. So Latvia and Lithuania are up. Scott, who do we like to get Yeah, I, I really like Latvia. I think that's uh, that's sort of the team I would put at the top of this field. Okay. Uh, Lithuania is interesting to me too, but if you want to go a different way, I could see Finland. I could see, you know, we, we sent Scotland down. Why don't we send England up and uh, okay. balance of power in the, <laughs> the British Isles. Yep. Team GB. Team GB is that, still in. Uh, yeah. Team GB. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. For this. <laughs> but what do you think of that? Yeah, let's do it. So we'll go Latvia and England going up. Oh man, that'd be amazing. For, that, would, uh, that would be pretty yeah, funny. That would be to have Scotland, in the a. Scotland in the B and England in the A. Yeah, they would yeah. never hear the end of it. No, no, they wouldn't let them. Lithuania, their clubs. Lithuania <laughs> would be interesting because that would be a country without any dedicated ice in the whole country making it to the European A. That'd be pretty cool. Pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. for sure. All right, so to summarize our picks here for the 2023 European Championship on the men's side, Scott and I on the A are taking Italy to win, Scotland and Sweden on the podium, Finland and Germany to be relegated. Ryan's taking Switzerland to win with Italy and Scotland on the podium, Finland and Turkey to be relegated. On the B side, Scott and I are relegating or promoting, excuse me, Denmark and Spain. And Ryan is promoting Denmark and Poland. On the women's side for the A, Ryan has Sweden winning with Italy and Switzerland on the podium. Estonia and Germany going down. Women's A, we have Switzerland winning with Denmark, Norway on the podium. Scotland, Germany getting relegated for the B side. Ryan has Latvia, Lithuania up. And we have Latvia and England up. So total possible points are 16 loser has to drink terrible beer unless the professor of peel and team wretchless get promoted to the a side then we all have to do it so those are our picks for the european championships typical wcf policy and process for watching the games ryan do you want 20 seconds to talk about uh, curling streaming for the first time ever i'm going to say no <laughs> <laughs> fair enough so uh just just check it out however you uh whatever's going on in your country some t- countries are having some television coverage i saw in denmark they're showing one game on danish television i think it's the game against switzerland so it really depends on where you are what coverage you're going to get but you can check out the wcf for 
coverage in your area. So that's going to do it for us this week. So much fun, Ryan, to have you with us for our annual Bad Beer Bet. What's going on with you guys on Rocks Across the Pond? A great episode on Jamaican curling. And uh, what else you got coming up? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's man, it's uh, uh, stuff's busy, man. I'm letting Jonathan do Euros. I'll try to catch. I'll try. To, I'll try to do like a recap episode with him uh, when they get done, just to hear all about uh, his experience mm-hmm. there. But between everything that I have going on and everything he has going on, we really don't have anything in the hopper. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, but I mean, this was a blast. This really scratched the itch for for talking, talking about curling. Fortunately, my, my bourbon lasted exactly as long as this episode. And uh, nice. thank you guys for having me on mostly because that means that I don't have to edit this. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Always a pleasure to have you. We will reconvene at some point, either on a live or a pod or, or just we'll hang out uh, in December to settle the bad beer bet. We say this all the time when Lori, and Mary are in events, we tend to get crushed the week after if we're talking about the same event. Uh, So I imagine after the Euros, if you guys do a recap, I don't know, maybe we'll just steal it from you and post it as as our episode too. Uh, Because yeah, that'll be a lot of fun to hear hear about uh, Jonathan's uh, exploits there at the World Championship. So thanks so much everybody for listening. Please do subscribe wherever you get your pods, likes, rates, comments, all that good stuff helps us. Same for Rocks Across the Pond. Subscribe to their feed if you haven't yet and uh, like, rate, comment for them. You can always head over to GameOfStonesPod.com, past episodes, merch store, all that stuff's there. Uh, at Game of Stones Pod on socials, except for Facebook, where it's Game of Stones Podcast. Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. You can get in touch. Scott, you lost on a draw to the button on Monday. Yeah. I, and I mean, I'm saying I mean, you. I'm on the team, but I'm saying you. I mean, I had uh, I had a draw for two in the seventh. Threw it through yeah. after I'd made the horses work on the first one. Uh, so yeah, no, a, a lot of missed opportunities, a bad steal too in the six, a steal of one yeah. where I thought I should have at least gotten one, but, uh, the shot just didn't work out. Yeah. A missed opportunity there. It was playing the team we came up from B with. Yeah. Uh, so one of the games that I felt we could win, uh, not that we can't win the other games against the strong a side, but, uh, <laughs> It's going to be uh, tough from here, and we'll just hope to not finish last and not fall all the way to C. Yeah, all we can do is take it one shot at a time. There you go. <laughs> Prophetic shot. Prophetic. There you go. So, uh, so there you have it, everybody. Enjoy the Euros. We'll be back with you again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that insert. Make the final...